Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Right now, we're going to say Merry Christmas to, if he only had some more weight on his bones, he could double as Santa Claus. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. I don't think I could fill that suit. Would you want to do the department store Santa type thing? I I don't think so. (laughs) That'd be a tough job. It it would be, you know, but but in a way, it'd be fun too, wouldn't it? For a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for a while. Yep. Until some little kid forgot that he still should be wearing diapers. (laughs) Well, that's possible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, what do you know? Well, I want to say hi to a couple of guys. I want to say hi to Travis, who uh, uh, had some information about Butch Cassidy. Really? Uh, And uh, so I appreciate that. And then a guy named Dave down in Georgia, who uh, had some information about the Cherokees and wondered uh, about doing uh, a little more information about the Cherokee tribe. Really? So we might uh, work on that. Well, now, what... uh uh, great articles of history are we going to talk about today? We are today? going to talk about Cole Younger. I remember him. Yeah. The James Younger gang. Had a whole family of bad oh, yeah. ones. So there's eight guys I'm going to talk about today. Eight of them. Eight. But Cole Younger's our main character today. Okay. okay. Remember his name. Frank James, Bob Younger, Charlie Pitts, Clell Miller, Cole Younger, Jim Younger, Jesse James, and Bill Chadwell. Okay, now, Cole Younger has to be the toughest outlaw who ever lived. In addition to having 11 slugs in his body, Cole had to guide his horse with his knees after a Northfield raid defender shot away the reins to his bridle with birdshot. Pursued by more than a 1,000 farmers hungry for the reward of $10,000, Cole and his two brothers were captured at a place called Hanska Slough and taken to nearby Medelia, Minnesota. After a two-week run in the constant rain, they utilized old newspapers as bandages on their wounds and wading through swollen rivers. The outlaw leader finally removed his boots and said, quote, and then my toenails fell off. His toenails. His toenails. Fell off. So we're going to talk about this whole thing. But the toenails? Well, he'd been in his boots for who knows how long. They got shot up really bad at that Northfield, Minnesota bank. We're going to talk about that whole thing, how what happened, what went wrong, the whole thing. So, yeah, the Battle of Northfield. That's the James Younger gang Mm -hmm. versus the townspeople of Northfield. And this happened in September of 1876. So picture this. It's just just past 2 o'clock when three horsemen wearing matching white linen dusters dismount in front of the First National Bank in Northfield, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. After tying their reins to the hitching post, they stroll to the corner. They sit on some dry goods boxes and kind of talk to some of the local people, you know, just nonchalantly. Two more horsemen, also wearing linen dusters, approach. Three more horsemen dressed in matching dusters. We're going to talk about that. They stop in the center of a place called Mill Square. The three men seated on the corner stand up, walk back to the bank, and go inside. Okay, the the plot thickens. Here we go. So two mounted men pull up in front of the bank. One of them is Cole Younger. They get off their horses, and his partner is a guy named Clell Miller. Right. Okay. Now, several townsmen are a little bit suspicious of these uniformed strangers. Remember what I said about the dusters? Yeah, everybody wore a duster. Yeah. And one local guy by the name of J.S. Allen walks over to the bank and looks 
kicked in the window. Uh oh. His suspicions are confirmed. Allen turns to go alert the other citizens when he is confronted by Miller. Clell Miller, who has just uh, grabbed him by the collar, and he says, quote, you son of a gun, don't you holler. For some reason, and I really can't put any weight to this, but for some reason, I'm not sure that's really what he he said. That's what it says, Zeb. You son of a gun, don't you holler. Yeah. Well, so... This Allen guy, he breaks free, runs up the boardwalk, shouting, quote, get your guns, boys. They're robbing the bank. This guy wasn't real smart, though. <laughs> well, he took off running. So Cole, uh, younger, immediately mounts his horse, pulls his revolver, f- uh, firing it in the air as a signal to the three horsemen in Mill Square to come quick. Yeah. The gang has been discovered. At almost the same time, those outside here is shot from inside the bank. The three horsemen from the square pull their pistols, ride into the engagement, firing and yell at the bank, uh, everybody on the streets to get in. In other words, get off the streets. So Miller grabs the reins of his horse to mount up, and as he steps into the stirrup, birdshot from a gun hits him in the face. Now, Bob Younger's horse... Uh, Cole's brother gets struck in the neck and drops dead. So he's afoot. So four four horsemen ride back and forth, firing at anybody who dares to show their face. And the locals come out with everything they have, including frying pans and rocks. Frying pans and rocks. May I ask a question, though? Sure. I thought that the history recorded that somebody had tipped off the town of Northfield before they came in to rob the bank. That's not what this says. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, but, I mean, you know how history is. That's possible, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so suffering from his face wounds, you know, Miller remounts. He's been shot in the face. With birdshot. Yeah, pulls out his pistols. He is hit again, and he falls to the ground. He's pretty much dead. He's gone pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. (laughs) Cole Cole rides over to Miller, looks down at him, and sees that, yep, he's he's gone. He's got it there. And at that point, a bullet rips into Cole's left hip. Uh, Birdshot and buckshot whistle past his ears. Uh, Cole again writes to the bank and yells to the guys inside, Come on, we got to go, let's go. Well, you would think. Yeah. Now, obviously, with their plan unraveling at every turn, the outlaws finally listen to Cole's third call and they prepare to leave. Prepare. Prepare. I'd have been out of there. (laughs) Yeah. Now, outside the bank, a guy named A.R. Manning takes quick aim at outlaw. Bill Chadwell, who topples from his horse, shot through the heart. So he's down. So Miller and and uh, Chadwell are both dead now. Now we're down to six guys. Down to six guys. Yeah. So Pitts, Bob Younger, and Frank James finally come out of the bank. Now Bob runs. Bob Younger runs to the corner to confront Manning and several other townsmen. And uh, while Bob plays hide and seek with Manning, an upper story shot from across the street rips into Bob's right arm, breaking the bone at the elbow. Wow! He shifts his pistol to his left hand and continues continues firing. As the others start running, Cole rides directly into the line of fire to pick up his little brother. A bullet severs one of Cole's bridle reins, forcing him to guide his horse with his knee and his hand. Oh, my. And he's picking his brother up. Yeah. 
So as he turns his horse for Bob to climb aboard, Cole is hit in both the shoulder, in both his side and shoulder. So now he's been shot four times. Yeah, his his hat is also shot off. Another bullet rips away the back of his saddle. There's a lot of bullets going here, Zeb. Well, I would say so. The six wounded men now head south out of town. Although they've survived the Battle of Northfield, their painful ride has just begun. Now, here's six factors that unhinge the ride. Okay. Number one, the matched outfits. Oh, yeah, the dusters. White linen dusters immediately arouse the suspicion among the townspeople. I mean... How, you know, you just will have a big red sign on you or something, well, right? maybe they did under the duster. Yeah. Number two, hardly anyone in that part of the country rides saddle horses. Most use buggies or wagons. So the sight of eight basically uniformed horsemen draws a bit of attention. I, yeah, that's yeah. understandable. So number three, at the time of the shootout, it is hunting season. Oh. And a lot of guns in Northfield are loaded and waiting. And as a guy named uh, Albert Ames later says, quote, every old musket, shotgun, and pistol was drawn from its hiding place. Thus the birdshot. Yes. Number four. Although Jesse James and his men chose a rich target, they strike when too many locals are on the streets. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people. So Cole Younger later writes, quote, I remarked to Miller about the crowd and said, quote, Surely the boys will not go into the bank with so many people around. So he thought they just wouldn't do it. But they did. Number five. In the South, where most of the James Younger heists were committed, the poor locals didn't have much compassion for banks. So consequently, the posses, they chased them, uh, chased the gang, gave up easily. I see. But in Northfield, the outlaws encountered a fierce resistance. Why? Everyone who shoots at them has money in the bank. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so you know, how many of the people in Northfield were shot? Uh, I don't know that any of them were. Really? Uh, according to what I'm, this story at least, they, it, they're. I would think somebody had to have been shot or something. But did you ever see the movie of this? I did not. It's uh, stars. Uh, the best one is Stacy Keach, and uh, he's one of the actors. Yeah. It was gruesome how yeah. they got shot up. So, number six. Oh, we forgot six, number six. Number six. So, in later years, Cole admits that, unbeknownst to him, Charlie Pitts, Bob Younger, and Frank James had drunk a quart of whiskey before entering the bank. That's not good. <laughs> he concludes that their drinking was the, quote, initial blunder at Northfield. The initial <laughs> <laughs> Among others. When the three robbers enter the bank, teller Alonzo Bunker smells the stink of liquor on them. The three bank employees undoubtedly feel they are dealing with three slow-thinking drunks. Uh And, in fact, they are. They were. (laughs) (laughs) Once you consider the robbers' actions inside the bank in the light of being drunk, it all makes sense. In the end, what can go wrong does what worked before doesn't. So, now let's go inside the bank. Oh, yeah. let's. Here we are. So, inside the bank, uh, precious seconds turn to minutes as the three bank robbers inside the bank, they kind of get stymied by the three, three bank employees are kind of playing dumb like a fox. They're just acting like they don't know anything. So, first of all, the robbers demand to know who is the cashier. Well, because the official cashier is out of town, all three employees uh, honestly answer that, 
None of us. None of us are the official cashier. So this throws off the outlaws from the start, and things will only become worse. What did they have to know who was the cashier for? Uh, I guess to open the vault or something. Oh, he was the only one with the... Well, uh, I guess, yeah, they just needed the main guy. Now, the bookkeeper, Joseph Haywood, tells the bandits that the safe is on a time lock and can't be opened. This is bad. But it's a lie. I see. It's a lie. All the robbers need to do is turn the latch and the safe will open. They didn't think of that. They didn't even try. You've got to be kidding me. They didn't even try. Hmm. Now, when one robber starts to go inside the vault to check it out, Haywood slams the door on him, bruising the outlaw. When the outlaw leader threatens him, Haywood starts yelling out, murder, murder, and he starts yelling at him and trying to shut him up. He cold cocks him in the head. They try to get him to... Uh, get up and help open the the vault, and they even fire a bullet next to his head. They pull out a knife, trying to get him to uh, open, but he pretends or doesn't respond. So the outlaws get ready to leave empty-handed. Uh, Bob Younger scoops up $26 and some change. So the gang uh, takes off two by two. Frank James, Bob Younger, Charlie Pitts, uh, they head out of town. Uh, Jesse James. So... Uh, How did they get to their horses in all that firepower from the citizenry? That's a good question, because those horses had to be jumping around. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, after this J.S. Allen sounds the alarm, Cole Younger fires his warning shot, and Jim Younger, Jesse James, and uh, Bill Chadwell uh, begin riding the perimeter of the square, and like I say, they demand for everybody to get in and get out of the way, and uh, as the seconds turn into minutes, the mounted riders are driven from Mill Square by the gunfire, uh, the armed locals. So the gang retreats south out of town. So now they're south, okay. now they're headed out. Okay? Yeah, and they're all shot up. Yeah, they are. Now one of the mysteries surrounding the bank raid is where was the sheriff, the city marshal, or lawman of any kind? Local tradition says the chief of police hid in a dry goods box in the back of a store and didn't come out until after the battle. Well, he was checking some fabric for his wife. Now, that legend has been disproved. (laughs) But the fact is, there really wasn't any sheriff types in Northfield. Really? So there was really no one there. So now the strange stops uh, on uh, as they head out. Okay, now they're on the run. Okay. Now, south of Northfield, the gang pa- uh, paused along the banks of uh, Cannon River to kind of clean up their wounds. They get off and, and try to get cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. A farmer driving a wagon crossed the paths with the gang and noticed Cole and Jim Younger were riding on either side of their brother Bob, trying to hold him in the saddle. Really? The gang traveled 11 miles in two days. They stopped a farmer and stole his horse. They stopped another farmer and stole his saddle. Um now, the, the, the posse pursued the gang, and they fired at them, and the gang returned fire, but the robbers disappeared into a place they called Big Woods. Somehow they were able to... That was in the movie. I remember okay. that. Yeah, they, they hid were, out in the woods, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, they were finally surrounded near a place called German Lake. Yeah. The gang abandoned, his horses, abandoned the horses, and then they slipped through the picket lines on foot and escaped again. The gang discovered a deserted farmhouse and holed up for two days and two nights. Now, this time, reward reached over $3,000 per person, per man. And so a lot of people from Minnesota and Iowa, they came down with what they call robber fever. Yeah. They were going to head out and try to try to find these guys. Well, 
it turned out that the rain was the wettest in two weeks, and the streams were sw- swollen, mm-hmm. bridges were mm-hmm. out, and it was a quagmire, and so that worked in the favor of the robbers because their tracks were immediately wiped right. out. Right. So a posse finally jumped the gang near a place called Miniopa Falls, but they escaped barely. The robbers, the robbers decided to split up, so Jesse and Frank James headed west, uh, while the Youngers in the pits headed southwest on foot, and we know that they were finally caught at a place called Hanska, Hanska Slough, and they were arrested. That was the Younger Brothers. Yes. Now, here's the ones that died. Clell Miller, Bill Chadwell, and Charlie Pitts all died. Yeah. Cole Younger, Jim Younger, and Bob Younger were all wounded. Yeah. All right. Now, of course, Jesse James, we know, they escaped him and Frank. And, of course, Jesse, we know, was shot, we think, years later by Robert yeah, Ford. But Frank and Frank and Jesse never gave any wounds out of that robbery, uh, though, did they? Evidently not. No, I don't think so. But Frank was uh, arrested but never convicted. Right. And he actually died uh, in 1915 at the age of 72. Now, which one of the Younger Brothers was shot through the mouth? I remember Um, that was really brought out in the movie. One was shot through the mouth, and in prison, they really had to take care of him in uh, soup. Right. I remember that story, but I I can't remember which one. Now, it says, though, that uh, Cole had 11 slugs in him. 11? 11. So it could have been him. Holy smokes. So when I said he has to be the toughest outlaw who ever lived. Eleven from that yeah. one bank robbery. Yeah. It's a good thing he didn't rob a lot of banks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he would have been uh, weighed down Swiss by legs. Yeah. But uh, so that's the story of Cole Younger and, you know, kind of his. What happened to him? Um, I, he was, I believe he was hung. I'm trying to. Um, one of the younger yeah. brothers went on to live a fairly decent life later on. I think I remember reading yeah. that. Yeah. Um, why don't I have that in my notes? <laughs> um, I thought Cole was uh, was uh, hung. Might be. I, I can't I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. But there was Cole and Jim. And Bob. And Bob. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm pretty sure two of them. In fact, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, uh in the notes that I took, they had uh, the bodies of these guys after they were killed. Yeah. They take pictures of them. Yep. And there were six of them that were, uh, so I'm thinking that uh, two of the youngers uh, were hung or, yeah. or killed. Yeah. You know, why in the world would you want to rob a bank under those conditions? I mean, for heaven's sakes, you're just opening yourself up yeah. for, we got to call quickly. I'll take one call, and then we've got to wrap it up. Caller, good morning. You're on the air. Yes, sir. I just thought you guys might like to know that Cole Younger died in Iron Springs, Utah in 1948. From old age, huh? Yep. Thank you. I just about two miles up above my grandpa. Well, with all the lead he had in him, did he die from lead poisoning? <laughs> no. It was just old age that got him. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. In Utah, what what town did you say? Iron Springs, just uh, kind of northeast of 
or northwest of uh, Cedar City. Got it. Okay, sir. Thank you. I, I should have known that. I, I apologize to God my listeners. You. That is really good to know. Thank you. Uh, do you know where that is? I do. I know about where yeah, it's at, yeah. Yeah, beautiful part of the country. Yes, it yeah. is, yeah. And he died in, what year did he say? 1948? Yeah. Wow, and when did this robbery take place? Uh, that was in... 1876? Or... Uh, let's see. Eight, yeah, 1876. Wow. September 7th. Oh, my goodness. 1876. He lived to be an old man. He did. Even though he had a lot of holes in him. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do much drinking, no, could he? I can tell you what, those bank robbers in the old days, whether it was Jesse James, I think the funniest part of any bank robbery was in the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, when uh, I guess it was Butch Cassidy overdid the explosives on yeah, that on train, train car, <laughs> and uh, the Sundance Kid looked at him and he says, you think you had enough of that, Butch? <laughs> Blew it to smithereens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of good stories. Oh, good job. Thank good job. You. But, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, Northfield, Minnesota, I bet, did not have any bank robbery worries in the future. Probably not. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. You bet. Oh, Dr. History doing a great job. Thank you. Hey, Merry Christmas wishes Merry go Christmas. out. I'm, I'm saying this to my commercials, too. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, too, Doc.